Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of That's My Jam Stack, the podcast where we ask the intriguing question, what is your jam in the jam stack? I'm your host, Brian Robinson, and this week we have the amazing Dan Barak. Dan is the co-founder and COO at the Jamstack company, StackBit. Before we dive into the episode, though, I want to thank this week's sponsor, Auth0. We'll talk a bit about all the amazing educational content they're putting out at the end of the episode. But if you're curious about that Jamstack and Auth education, head on over to a0.to slash tmjyt. That's a0.to slash tmjyt for all the videos. All right, Dan. Well, thanks for being on the podcast with us today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do for work? What do you do for fun? That sort of thing. I'm the co-founder and COO of Stackbit, and we're the only platform um, for uh, the complete platform for the Jamstack. Um, so I come from a product background. I've been a product manager um, at Lyft and Facebook before that and startups um, before that as well. Um, for fun, I usually do things that my six-year-old does. Um, <laughs> means like a lot of Legos, riding bikes, um, etc. Very cool. So uh, uh, my, my five-year-old uh, is absolutely in love with video games, which I kind of apologize for in, in numerous ways, multiple <laughs> days a week. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much my my fun too. Is, oh, whatever my five-year-old's into right now. Exactly. Yes, we we just we just started uh, using the Switch, so he's uh, he's very much into that. That's that's what we do quite a bit too. Uh, you you just you watch Daddy play, and then Daddy gets to actually play video games a little bit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, so tell me a little bit about what what was it actually mean uh, at a kind of a product company like Stackbit to be you know COO? What do you do on kind of a daily basis there? So the COO in a in a purely technology company mostly I think um, is about running the company smoothly. So um, it's it's managing most of the um, of the people. And making sure that they have what they need to move forward, that they're not blocked, and they're also, you know, on on the administrative side, you know, that they're, everything is is uh, a okay. Everybody is has you know contracts getting paid, like all of that works smoothly. We're a fully distributed company across the world, so making sure that part um, is is uh, is running uh, up and running. And other than that, is also kind of dealing with. You know, as a co-founder, um, you also deal with a lot of product coming from a very deep product background. And a lot of the product work is is done between my and one of my other co-founders, like the CEO, Ohad Pressman, and we're like working together on the product, making sure engineering is up to date and makes um, you know like has a has a good roadmap. We obviously have an engineering manager, but um, discussing priorities, um, etc. Other than that, obviously, go to market, talking a lot with the customers and clients, and selling, and et cetera. It's like just everything, making sure everything ticks. Yeah, definitely. Kind of a, a catch-all, but also some important things along, along the, uh, the product side as well. Yep. Very cool. So uh, you've been at, you, you mentioned Facebook and Lyft, some, uh, I, would, I would say, you know, not to use the word traditional, but definitely some, um, some older, longer standing tech companies. Uh, but what was kind of your entry point into this idea of the Jamstack, of which Stackbit is such a kind of an integral part? Yeah. So the, um, 
as often happens, I think these uh, these things happen from I, both like a domain um, passion and from a personal passion, you know. And one of the the things that was very very much uh, important to me was working with with great people. Um, and Ohad and I go way back, like 10, 12 years, as well as with Simon, our third co-founder, who's the CTO. So we've we've known each other for a lot, very long time. We've worked in the past together and managed like not to kill each other. So so you know it's like very good signs. Um, and and so you know mostly I've switched you know, product domains a lot as I, I was transitioning between companies, and never did I kind of clung too much to like a specific domain. I'm always um, very excitable and excited about um, you know everything. So I can deep dive very quickly um, into each domain. So I'm kind of like, I would say like even domain agnostic, it's much more important um, to me to work with with the right people and in the right set of mind and organizations and in a space that I know that I can actually make a difference and, and help people. people. Um, so, so I think that was my main driver. Um, and, and just like, you know, from, from the other perspective of like the, the technical um, um, angle of it, um, working at Lyft, I, I was a group product manager. So I had like several different teams. Um, one of them specifically dealt with, um, you know, helped growth marketers you know, get things done. And she like work on the, on the tens of millions of SMSs and pushes and emails that, that Lyft sends, sends out to drivers and, and passengers. Hmm. And I've seen how organizations, you know, um, interact around this, like the, 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 the boundary between engineering and marketing and how everyone wants essentially the other to be successful. But also there are a lot of uh, friction points where marketers are blocked by developers or developers are forced to kind of make very simple changes, typos, et cetera, because the tools are not there. So for me, this was kind of a um, really an opportunity to, to touch that. And, and make the whole, I'm a very collaborative person in, as, as a product manager as well. So kind of facilitating that connection um, was very important to me. Very cool. So, uh, so I'm kind of, kind of curious, like the collaborative nature of, of kind of where the, where the Jamstack is kind of starting to go towards, like how, um, how content people, editors and developers and designers, how all of those kind of play together uh, it's kind of what drew you over to kind of this world, especially like in the StackBit world. Yes, essentially making sure that you know the, the Jamstack is growing and and it's a wonderful um, platform. I think or, or or stack. You know, it's like it has great developer experience. Um, it's fast. It's secure. It's scalable. All those great things. Um, but from you know like the the marketing perspective or the the business person's perspective. Um, you're kind of going back in time and, and you have to edit things in a way that they're disjoint from the actual result, making it very hard to, to actually understand what you're changing. You have to look for, you know, how is this thing that I see on the screen right now on my website, where is it defined in the, in the CMS and, and how do I find it? And I change it. And if I change it, like, is this too long? Will it fit? Okay. Okay. I have to build it. You know, I have to like now wait seven minutes for my site to build just to understand that. So it feels like a very, a very um, hard um, process. And we hear that from customers 
both from like agencies that are trying to move people over to this, you know, much better, uh, much better ecosystem and from people internally in companies. And one of two things happen. Either they are presenting, you know, like, hey, we want to like have all these benefits. And then they're presenting um, the tools that are available to the business person or to like the, the non-technical stakeholder. And they're looking at it and they're like, whoa, wait a second. What is what is this? What do I do with, with this interface? I, I don't want it, right? Give me mm-hmm. WordPress or something like that. Not a, that because it's good, but because, you know, it allows me to do a little bit of my job um, better. And or on the other hand, is like the engineers making you know, the right decision for the organization, transitioning to the Jamstack, but then kind of blocking in many ways the um, the, the non-technical people. You know, it's like I even like coined this, this um, kind of uh, hilarious, or I don't know if, if it's hilarious, you can like testify <laughs> on, on yourself that it's hilarious. Maybe maybe stupid is the right thing, but it's like jam stuck. You know, like you're in the, in a place <laughs> where like, some of the choices have been made and now you're lacking, you know, this, this one solution, one platform um, that unifies everything and you just have like the, the separate tools. Yeah. And, and it's kind of, it's oftentimes, you know, we, we talk about the, uh, the benefits that the Jamstack has to developers. Those are very obvious in many ways, like in terms of like work in the code that you want to work in and, you know, not have to worry about the things that you don't want to worry about. And we talk about like some of those end results, right? The websites that are out there, they're fast, they're secure, kind of out of the box. But oftentimes the neglected audience is that kind of in between, like in between the developer and what is finally on the site is copy, you know, uh, copywriters and editors and designers putting, you know, photography around. Um, And it's definitely, I think, an underserved to a degree uh, audience for the Jamstack, even though if the website's faster and more secure, it's going to be better in the long run. But if you can't edit it, that can also be a problem. Yes, exactly. This is, um, you know, this collaboration, most of the websites and most of the, you know, um, marketers working in a very collaborative manner um, and, and organizations have their own workflows, you know, who gets to mm-hmm. make changes, who gets to, you know, now you need a translation. So a page is now ready. It has to be translated into other languages and it has to be approved, you know, sometimes by your manager, sometimes by legal and oftentimes, you know, designers want to look at what, um, what you've made changes to and, and kind of, you know, make that happen. And this is like, obviously in larger organizations, but even, you know, even when somebody's publishing by themselves, they still have um, a little bit of a process they go through, you know, like they mm-hmm. validate it, it works well on mobile and, and and do a bunch of other things, you know, clicking the links, making sure nothing is broken. If you have an e-commerce site, um, making sure, you know, end to end, you can, you can complete a purchase, et cetera. So, so facilitating that and making sure that, um, that collaboration can happen is, is I think key. So let's talk a little bit about StackBit because, you know, we like to talk about, you know, how you use the, the Jamstack professionally a decent bit. Um, how are you utilizing it? Obviously StackBit is a, is a very Jamstack centric company, uh, but like philosophically speaking, how, how, how do y'all kind of perceive the Jamstack and where we're kind of going? I think we, we perceive the Jamstack in a way that is very much, um, you know, about, about choices and about customizing and picking the right solutions for you. 
that's why um, you know Stackbit is this kind of end-to-end solution and platform for the Jamstack and allows um, developers to just pick whatever combination um, of site generator and CMS and you know themes or designs that work for them. This is very much into um, it's it's about the um, not just about the choice. Right, it, we will we will support and work with with whatever um, tools you've cho- you've chosen. But it's also if you if you choose to create a site with Stackbit, um, that also kind of nothing is a walled garden and nothing is proprietary. Like you, um, as a developer who created this, you have access to the repo. It's like your repo. It's your um, you know your space in the CMS. So Stackbit is very much, um, you know, we believe will provide a lot of value. Um, and, and that's why we're not trying to build any walls around it, right? You can like build your site with Stackbit and edit with the Stackbit studio, you know, send previews, publish, do whatever. If it's not valuable, stopping to use Stackbit is, is just like super easy. Like don't, you don't have to do anything. And even while you're using Stackbit, if somebody really prefers to go into the CMS, you know, and like, you know, there's something more complex that they prefer to do with Sanity or like just make some changes there because like that's that's their workflow, then mm-hmm. it all works together, right? The, mm-hmm. the the preview reflects all the changes that are made in code, made in the CMS, whether it's within Stackbit or without. So having this openness um, is very important to us and, and being able to um, support all the different tools in the ecosystem is important. That's a, a really interesting uh, word choice there with, with the, the fact that you're talking about, you know, choice. And oftentimes, and I come from an agency background a little bit too, um, you, you end up locking your agency or your company into a very specific stack because you like X templating engine or you like the, the benefits you get out of Y CMS. Um, but in the future, you may not want those things anymore, or you may there may be the next cool uh, development framework that comes out, and you want to switch over to that. But maybe you've locked your clients in, and they think this is the only way I can edit, or this is the only CMS that I know. Um, and so, one of the one of the virtues I extol about the about the Jamstack is the idea that any front end developer can make a website from you know from soup to nuts, from beginning to end. But if they only specialize in that one uh, like front-end framework and it only communicates with a couple CMSs in a very specific way, uh, it could be very difficult to make a switch. But it sounds like making these pieces, not to go back to your first question about having a six-year-old and playing Legos, but it feels like <laughs> there's a lot of Lego pieces that we're hoping to kind of be able to make interchangeable so that we can use framework of choice with 18 different CMSs with you know, all these different pieces. Yeah, that is that is very correct, and I think you're you're right that there are multiple use cases here, right? And and oftentimes people, especially that build sites for a living, will kind of settle into one um, framework and one workflow, uh, and 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 kind of make that happen. And we support that fully, right? So you can you can if you have like a specific theme that you're working with that has all the elements and all the pages and all the things that you're kind of like you would use for your clients. Then um, you know you can import that into Stackbit, create sites repeatedly with it, and then either make the customizations yourself in the studio. 
even without a developer at that point, right? Because if, mm -hmm. if the developer has, has defined the framework, um, then somebody who's like a tinker and like a slightly technical person can now work with the StackBit Studio and customize it and then hand it over to the client, even allowing the client themselves to, to make changes. And when, when I say client, like, obviously this is kind of like the agency setting, but the exact same thing happens within companies, right? The, the engineering team, the front end builds the site and then they, they kind of hand it over to the marketer um, mm -hmm. or the product person to, to build. So we definitely we just change the word client to stakeholder and then we're good to go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think like the stakeholder feels like more formal and kind of more kind <laughs> yeah, of ambiguous. True. But yes, this is essentially, yes, you have the developers and you have the stakeholders. Um, so we definitely support that piece. But yes, we also we also support the the option to easily change um, and and switch uh, technologies. We see people that are using our site builder, right? They just you know they just go over to Stackbit and can super easily within sixty seconds create a, a website, and that website can be built with different configurations. So so you know some people are just like iterating over all of them and trying to see you know which CMS works both best for them. What is you know what is the difference between using Next.js and Gatsby and Hugo and Jekyll and how everything is arranged? So they're learning from it. Um, I think the nice thing is that you know developers are kind of very much a lot of them are, are early adopters and like to fiddle around and play with things and change them. Having kind of this um, studio that abstracts some of it from um, you know, your stakeholder um, is very nice because they, they don't have to learn a different CMS. And if this is using reference objects instead of, of, of just, you know, like um, other ways to represent content, um, it's very much abstracted away. And, the, and the, the people who are more, usually kind of more um, like um, prefer, you know, like the same interface and, and would love to kind of like have a, a specific workflow because they're trying to get something else done, right? They're trying to get their job done, which is changing the website to reflect the brand, to get traffic, to grow the the, the company. And they would have a very stable uh, interface to work with. No, that makes that makes total sense. Um, so normally at this point, we would ask, what's your jam in the jam stack? And I've got some assumptions around what yours might be. So, so let's hear that and then uh, maybe ask a follow-up or two. Well, you know, I'll be lying if I'd say that ours <laughs> is not my favorite, right? This is just, yeah. just um, because I think, you know, like being, um, I've, I've started out as a developer and I think I've, I've kind of matured out of it too fast. You know, I was too eager to um, do other things. So I kind of like very quickly um, got out of it. You know, and just and just uh, um, and just switch to product management and switch to like you know being a, a founder of of of, uh, of a couple of companies. So you know, it's like um, I feel my choices are probably like you know less informed. And I love the fact that I have the ability to play around with our tool and super easily. Like if I had to start a Jamstack site from scratch, it would probably like take me a week. You know to define everything correctly, understand the content schema, you know, and, and kind of make sure well, the webhooks are all set up and, and I make the right choices. And I, I obviously, you know, you know, kind of like many people, um, I'm very uh, pedantic, you know, like I really want to be like, get the, the best, you know, in class <laughs> thing. So I would like spend and obsess over it for hours. Um, but so, yeah, so I, I really love this, um, this kind of ability to work 
quickly and fast and, and, and see things visually. Um, personally, when I, when I start, uh, when I start um, a Jamstack site, which I do multiple times a week, <laughs> is I, I, really, um, I really love the themes that uh, we offer because they've been built in a, with the, um, it's not about like their design is great, I think, but it's also they have the right content schema in place. So I have a lot of flexibility into um, changing things around. You know, I can I can always add more sections, switch things or, uh, like around in terms of like if, if is it like right oriented, left oriented? Do I have like images or videos or like w- whichever um, of those work? Um, I usually prefer to use Next.js, and um, in terms of of CMSs, I kind of alternate all the time to keep me on my toes. Um, I think the 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 it's it's usually sanity and contentful and also um you know just like plain um just using git you know just putting markdown files in git and and having that it's always kind of like a a simple and and fast solution if you don't need anything um fancy so i, I put put a few files together in a folder and you're done exactly and and then and then obviously you know we deploy um uh, to netlify um and and yeah from that point onward i kind of like I switch to the studio and forget about all the others and (laughs) let all those technical concerns just float away because you don't need them anymore. Yeah. And and there are like, you know, as, as somebody who's like been in product in all these like very data driven companies like Facebook and Lyft, I'm, 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 for example, I'm a sucker for AB testing. Um, (laughs) You know, it's like, I just, I just can't operate without data. Yes. I have gut feelings and I have, you know, kind of like a a vision for certain things, but, um, you know, and like, and, and A-B testing on the Jamstack was always kind of such a pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're now releasing, releasing this feature, which is, um, allows you to just like, if you are a business person, a marketer, a product manager, to just create an A-B test with one click of a button. And we're just, we're, we're sitting there because we're sitting on top of, of everything else. We're just orchestrating all these changes. So we can, we can create a new branch and get, in GitHub, and then you know another environment in the CMS, and tie it to the to the A/B testing feature on Netlify's um, CDN, and and make that all kind of work together. Um, so for me, it was like a very kind of passion like uh, project to to make sure we can we can do that, and people can actually d- make data informed decisions. Yeah, and it's one of those one of those interesting things that like it's a feature that Netlify's had. For most of the, like most of the time that I've been using it, which is a, a long time now, but mm-hmm. it was never everything that you need to actually do A/B testing properly. It's like, oh, you know, if you've got everything in Markdown, you can have a new branch, and that branch can be. It's great that it's CDN served, and the, that that logic is not in JavaScript or anything like that. But like managing data sets in your CMS and managing all these other pieces kind of were left to the developer to, to figure out. And it sounds like abstracting those out means that a marketer can do it, which is really the end goal of something like A-B testing. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, like I've seen, I've seen the way, you know, accelerating the, that ability. Um, like I think in, in this case, like it's, it's more than accelerating. It's like as, as a marketer with no developer, like you just couldn't run mm-hmm. an A-B test. But even if you had a developer, it's like it's so much work as you kind of just described to, to get that working. Um, so, so, you know, companies, we would measure, um, if we built an internal tool that allowed uh, marketers to just iterate faster and Mm -hmm. try more things, it was bound, you know, like, it's just like, it's just like statistics, you know, part of these 
tests will be successful, part not. And on average, it will drive each test, you know, will drive this amount of impact. So the mm -hmm. faster you can move, the faster, you know, you can iterate and understand what works better and just create so much more value for the business. Yeah. And it used to be to be able to have these super simple A-B tests, you went to JavaScript, which mm -hmm. that itself, it's almost like a Heisenberg principle. The act of adding JavaScript to the page to test something is going to impact the test, the thing that you're testing. It's like the mm -hmm. Heisenberg principle of JavaScript or something like that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's great that, great that we can utilize Netlify CDN A-B testing, but also get all the, um, the marketing aspects of it as well. So it's, it's best of both worlds almost. Yeah, and I think this is this is just you know it's it's one example. You know, another thing I'm thinking about a lot is um, is just internationalization and and you know having multiple languages. Um, you know, I, I've seen this I've seen this uh, again at Lyft when one of the projects that we um, that we drove was just making sure that Lyft is available in, in multiple languages. Um, and un until, you know, until my team um, came along and, and changed that, um, I think at the end of 2018, you know, it was like, it was just in English, in English. and, and making those changes, you know, part of it is like within the code and part of it is, is in the CMS, you know, cause like that's like, there's, a, there are application aspects and there's like website aspects and it's just. It's just so hard to kind of make sure that everything works correctly and every string is wrapped, you know, like I'm doing air quotes here. You can see that, yeah. but, uh, you know, everything is like properly wrapped and like developers have to provide context like, oh, this string appears on this page. And it is the explanation of what happens if you press, uh, you know, uh, submit mm -hmm. and, and, and having that, um, you know, having a tool um, like Stackbit that allows you to just um, switch environments. This is another thing that we're adding, you know, switch kind of like the locales and be able to look at them separately and be able to just, you know, have the people who deal with the German site, see the German strings and translate them and be able to like, look back and see like, Oh, this is the context. This is how it, this is what it meant in the English version and, and quickly switch between those is also very meaningful. And, and again, these tools exist. I think the, um, the the one thing that is kind of missing is that glue, that orchestration, that tying them together, um, which which we felt is is very much needed. And it's not it's not even that that point didn't exist, but that point existed inside of people. It was a developer that was having to do all of that, and now there's a service. And we developers, we love a service that can get rid of the stuff that we don't want to deal with. Yes, exactly. It's like you know, it's like as a developer, you can like set things up and in a way that you like and you feel is the right way. And then you can, you know, sleep at night knowing that like everybody is able to work and do that within their kind of rail guards and or guardrails, sorry, and bounds and, and make sure, you know, that this, this, everything works properly and correctly. Very cool. So now it's time for the big question, which is uh, what is your actual jam? What's your musical jam right now? What's your, you know, favorite song or musician or maybe just genre? Yeah. So I think, um, I think this is like the, the one, the one aspect of, uh, of my life that is, is very much, uh, um, I feel like um, super ignorant about, like, I love listening to music, but I have, uh, um, kind of, kind of like a, um, artist blindness, you know, maybe, or <laughs> something like that. I just like, don't have, um, 
something, some somebody specific that I, I just listen to all the time. I think uh, jazz is probably my uh, my working music. Um, my dad like really loved classical jazz and 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 uh, got me into it somewhat. You know, I think like it was in my teens, so I, I half liked it, half felt compelled to rebel against it. <laughs> you know, so. Um, but I think it's very much like when I work, this is, this is my jive. And then, um, you know, when I'm running, I'm just trying to get Spotify to, uh, <laughs> to feed me something that will, uh, will keep the pace going. Yeah. You got, you got to keep your feet moving to the beats. So that beats got to be the exact beat that you need for, uh, for running. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and I've, I've, uh, sometimes I, I really love audiobooks and, and podcasts, um, so sometimes I, I run to those, uh, I, I tend to do much worse usually <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as, as the running results go. Yeah, I can definitely feel that. Uh, so is there anything that you would like to promote anything you want to get to the Jamstack community as a whole that, that you or that Stackbit is doing? I think, I think I honestly, I've done like so much self-promotion here, <laughs> uh, you know, like that, that stems from like the very best intentions. And I think from a yeah. belief that this is actually it, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to add um, anything to it. I think we we've spoken about most things in context. Um, so so I think you know definitely what I would um, say that I love talking to um, customers and to users and to anybody who's like has an opinion uh, about you know the Jamstack, our specific tools, anything else in the ecosystem, websites. Um, so I just welcome these conversations and i think i learn every, like every single time that i talk to anybody that's you know outside the company i learn mm-hmm. something new i i do learn new stuff from people in the company as well <laughs> just kind of like to highlight that piece so if people want to reach out to me i'm really happy to discuss you know answer questions um, anything like that you know about the jam stack about Stackbit, and yeah that's about it. Nice. And if, there, if there's one thing that developers do have, it is plenty of opinions. So, uh, so yes. hopefully, hopefully you'll get some. Um, uh, best way to get in touch with you, like Twitter, LinkedIn. I think I'm, I'm much more of like a of an email person. Uh, so Dan at Stackbit.com just will will do the trick. Um, Beautiful. And 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 that's why I'm like I'm trying to get to um, inbox zero for things that matter. <laughs> um, Usually I fail like miserably for like the general uh, emails that I get, but uh, I do tend to uh, read and respond to almost a- anything that, um, you know, is, is kind of uh, tells us something about the business opinions or, or anything like that. It was like a, a genuine outreach. Very cool. That's, that's it. That is a noble goal. I'm, I, <laughs> I can't imagine what your inbox might look like, but, uh, but I, I appreciate that you're, that you're working towards it. Yep. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for coming on the show today. And uh, I hope you keep doing amazing things at Stackbit and uh, in kind of the Jamstack as a whole. Thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic. Thanks again to Dan for being on the show. And thanks to all of our dear listeners for tuning in week after week. Be sure to star, heart, favorite, or, you know, whatever in your podcast app of choice. Now it's sponsor time. This week, we're lucky to have Auth0 back as our sponsor. Auth0 is an amazing authentication platform, but they also have a wealth of amazing content coming out regularly on their YouTube channel, including a free course called Full Stack Jamstack with Next.js. If you're interested in learning more about Next, 
taking the Jamstack further or authentication on the Jamstack, head over to a0.to slash tmjyt. That's tmjyt for their YouTube channel. That's it for this week, but until next time, keep doing amazing things on the web and keep things jammy.